Tonight, tonight we are absolutely privileged to hear what, at least for me and for so many of your minds, for so many of your abeyam, for so many of the people we look up to, is really, really and truly one of the highlights of the summer. I've been here on Men's Two many summers. I could, I, I could remember each topic. I could remember each debate, each discussion between Rubloughlin and Rutherigan. This is absolutely one of the highlights. So everyone, uh, you're in for a, a wonderful time. Just to introduce our speakers on the right, we have Rubloughlin, a personal rabbi of mine. Rubloughlin's been on the Men's Two in the past, and then here we have Rutherigan, who we were lucky enough to hear share from throughout the entire summer. What we're going to focus on tonight is the concept of having Gedolim, having Rabbonim in our lives to look up to, to, to admire, and to, and to have direction in our lives. So, so with that, let's just jump right into the program. We're going to start with uh, Rav Lachman with the question as follows. If I'm a 10th or 11th grader, and, and I'm dedicated to my learning, I'm dedicated to my Abu Sashem, and, and I can listen to Shirem online, especially today. We have YU Torah, there's thousands of websites that I can listen to countless Shirem. There's books that I can read even in English if necessary. Why is it so important? Is it even so important? And if so, why? To have a specific mentor, to have a Rebbe that you could look up to, ask questions to. Is that so important nowadays, even though we have the internet? Or we have a Shirem we can listen to? Or we even have Madri Tim? Is, there, is it so important? And if so, uh, why? I'll start for this one. Um, I think the question is based on a um, on a fallacy. Do you hear me? Do I have to use this thing or can I do without it? I need it. Torah is not about information. And a real shear, not a Candyland shear, but a real shear, is not about giving you information. For that, you could probably do Hey Resh, Hey Gimel, Tarava, Google. That is not learning Torah. Learning Torah is um, developing a certain way of thinking, paradigm, a way of feeling, a way of seeing things, a way of experiencing life. It all starts, as the Rambam writes in Hilchis Yisodia and Torah Perik Dalit, where the Rambam says that before you... Um, Engage in deep search of philosophy and metaphysics, which to him are very important. First and foremost, men and women, I teach in Ishmael, um, should have command of Havayota Vayederaba. They should have command of what we call the dialogues of Abayaderaba, which is a synonym for Shas. And the Rambam says the reason is shame Yashvim es Moach That is the discipline that God gave us through which we learn how to feel and how to think. That's where it's supposed to begin. And everything is supposed to come from there. 
Now, to help me, God, you can have all the information in the world. If something doesn't, if someone doesn't teach you the tools of thinking and translating and feeling, you will be a beautiful, very informed, what we call in Hebrew, chamor nosef sarim. You know what that is in English? A donkey carrying a library, probably the Barilan disc. Um, you know, there's so many people that have information, but they don't know how to crack a tosmos. Oh, they don't know how to say the words. But what does he really mean? Hey, goodness sakes, when you talk to the person, when you grow up, the person you love, are the words important? Yes, as much as you understand what she really means. Because if you don't even under, you may understand the word, but don't know what's meant in those words, you don't have the cultural context, and therefore understanding what is really meant in usage of those words, you know nothing. Let me tell you right now. And here I'm going to tell you something, who taught me this. Um, I lived the Heaven Yeshiva, it's a yeshiva in Jerusalem for about 10 years. And there was a mashkiach there. Mashkiach there is, I don't know, today a mashkiach sounds like a cop. It was a, he was a person which was, um, his job was to develop our personalities and our religious stature. He was a, one of the greatest students of Augustine Tzvi Finkel, the friend of Racha, the Sabbath of Slavodka. His name was Rebbeir Chodesh. And before I got married, I went in him for my chassan shmooz, you know. I only went to him because I remember he was very much in love with his wife. It was beautiful to see, you know, this 80-year-old man. He was still dating her. It was clear. That it, was, it was beautiful to see this, you know. Like a real relationship, something wow. And I've been trying to emulate that. But really, it was beautiful. So I figured this is the guy I want to talk to. So I walked into him and I said, so he says, what did you learn here? Oh, come on, that's an embarrassing question. No, tell me, I want to know. The first year, what books did you read? What gemaras did you read? And he pulled it out of me like a dentist pulling teeth. Let me tell you, I know, 10 years, man. That's, no, 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 except for the gemara. What's not? What did you finish? What's not? What else did you read? Ah, you read Mendel and Meichus. Very good. What did you read there? He wanted to know everything. He says, okay, I finally finished it. I didn't know what he wanted from me. He says, now you pour all that in the cup of coffee you pour your wife every morning. And if you can't do that, you didn't learn a thing here. That's called chinuch. If you can translate all that Torah that you learned into ideas, values, how to say hello to people, how to interact with people, how to nod it and mean it. How do you think that every word means something? Because believe me, a word in a Tysus, every word means something. Try seeing how the Mashah takes the Tysus apart. Not a very popular book. Not Lumdish. But he's a non-believable forensic reader. You learn how to think. You learn how to feel. You learn how interpersonal relationships are. How important with Kavada Adam is, with Kavada Briyas is. All these values and more. You learn what Kedoshim Tiyu is, and you learn what Shisa Sayashem You learn morals and ethics, and all this comes from a disciplined mind and a guided heart. That will never happen from just reading books. You have to be able to see people. 
I'll tell you about people. I'm a, I was a neighbor of Moshe's Rebbe, Rabbi Middlestein, for whew, 10 years in Katamon. I, he, his father, his father was already blind, couldn't hear. And he used to stand there and say the Shmona Esser in his father's ears. I don't need King Lear to understand Kibbut Abba'im. I saw it. I saw Reb Aaron in a way which, you know, I wish I could. You have to be able to see things, how they, how they translate themselves in real life. It's not just information. How did he translate everything he took in life into how to how do everything, how to talk, how to walk? That's what Tyree wants, and that's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be people which are sublime, people who are transcendent people, who, as my father used to tell me, Hashemayim Kisi va'aretz hadom raglai. Remember the guy used to say, you have to be like God. Head in the heavens, but two feet entrenched on earth. Can you translate the heavens into the day-to-day world? For that, we do need mentors. I mean, I had some very special mentors. I'm sure that's not what I'm going to talk about now, maybe later. But yes, that's what a mentor is. A mentor is a person who will teach you how to take that information and make it into something organic. Your life, the way you see, the way you feel. We should all find good mentors. And even good by Take this one with my show. Okay, so uh, first of all, I'm a real good mentor. So it's nice to be here with you. Pleasure as usual. Highlight of my summer. Highlight of my summer. So, uh, a lot of people about mentors. And I want to talk a little bit about really great mentors. We call them Dolan. And they're very rare. And if you ever have a chance to find one, we'll play with them. As a lot of them, really, really, I have 32 years of. Lauren Garabi was the essential presenting side of the Raja. I still feel like he's part of my life, so I'll tell you why I sometimes make that 40 mistake. And the uh, bad news is there aren't that many around, unfortunately. Maybe he has a lot of people in your life in heaven. And Reagan's Murado shines through multiple generations. So, for example, I didn't really read me, Rabbi Salavichik, or the Hushir, or the Endless Kabir, but. So the good part is they're around. So it's not just meeting them and spending time with them. It's about the people that they make. You can see them. You might see them. So what is it all about? What do you think? Everyone has a good day. Good what you think? What does it mean to have a good day? You can tell the difference when someone has a good day. I can smell it out. You can smell that person. Something special about them. Let me tell you five words as quickly as I can. Number one, you have to be part of something larger. Being an organization is not just standing on a mountain with a huge butterfly like Avram Avinu, Avram Avery. You, you belong to something. You belong to a Masara. Who's your Rebbe? Who's his Rebbe? Who's his Rebbe? I remember in one of our insurance colleagues who spoke about Messias Kapai Bakoram, whether you can be Yotze, Messias Kapai, Mishomeka Oni. Listen, rather than say the Quran. The Lord of Shakespeare, from Chaim Sitzel himself, is an amazing moment for me. And 
No, the Beis Halevi said something. So that's the Beis Halevi. But Rav Chaim argued with the Beis Halevi. Okay, Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim. He said Rav argued with Rav Chaim. Rav was Rav Chaim's son, agreed with his grandfather, the Beis Halevi. Okay, so that's the Beis Halevi. And the Rav said, the Rav told me that when he learned this from Chaim, he agreed with Rav Chaim, disagreeing with his father, Rav Moshe, disagreeing with his great grandfather, the Beis Halevi. So I'm trying to keep another calculus in my head, stretching back four generations. And he said, but when I learned this with the Rav, I had a I had a viewpoint on what he said, I agreed with his father of Moshe, disagreed with his grandfather of Chaim, but agreed with his grandfather of Beis Halevi. I'm on my niece sometime. This is me. This is, this is my place in the Masara. These are my Rebbeim. I learned by Rebbeim, I learned by the Rav, I learned by Moshe, I learned by Rebbeim. That's where I come from. <laughs> And it connects you. Remember when Mara passed out, I talked about it a little bit more later, I said to my wife, my whole life, I just saw myself as a connector pin. I'm just holding one to a bar, holding one to the rod, and I was like, how many guys could hold one to my legs? And through me, get to these kids that I was part of it, I felt lost. It was a real breakdown. It took me a while to get my composure back. Like, what am I supposed to be if I'm not a connector? And people trying to connect my feelings are no longer It's really hard for so what's your Masara? One day you'll tell your children, I learned with, who learned with, who learned with. That's a real gift. Where, where do you belong? What's your myself? That's number one. Number two. When I put my head down at night, with a pillow, and I close my eyes, and I think about a coach farm, and I think about the questions I have about my life, and about, what has questions? Don't be afraid to have questions. If you have questions, you're not offended. You have questions, you're not expecting things about the reform. Respect them to be just, respect the world, respect the relationship. Questions are healthy. Not rebellion, not insolence, but real questions. You don't apply for questions? Nothing I've ever learned. There's no process that I've met that has answered all my questions. They're great, I love them, but I don't have answers to these questions. They're very deep questions. I see a lot of people. A tremendous amount of people that I've met. Not as far away from the family. Remember once someone asked me, what's Emuna? How do you believe you can't prove it? So let me tell you something. I met a man, and I'll talk about him later. I just, I don't have words to describe him. He's a titan. He's so much larger than anybody could ever hope to be. You know, when he described his Rebbe to me, the Rav, he described his Rebbe the same way I saw him. So I assume that the Rav was a multiple of Ramar, just the way he described it. And Ravara told me that when Rav told him about Rav he described Rav to Ravara the way that I saw Ravara, the way that Ravara. So that's my Rebbe. Why do you think, why do you think that's all the Russian? 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 Why do you think that's all the Don't take that literally. Get a fireman. You mean, you're not going to There's no Russian. Hashem is unknowable. Since he's unknowable, you'll never be able to cling to him with your own mind and your own. It's, it's fraudulent, it's flawed. But when you meet people and you cling to them, then they're able to give you their amuna. It gives you a amuna, it gives you a faith. Quiet your questions. Let's write this down Masara, amuna. Number three, confidence. How do you know? How do you know you want to be an Ovid Hashem? Every form of Ovid Hashem is a little different, different meatballs, different ways of learning, different shuffles, different people, different hats, different jackets, different ways, different offers, different stuff. 
Any of you don't have that question, you should. You're really serious in parsing serious dynasty if you ask yourself questions intellectually honest, how do I know? So part of this, I said before, you belong around you. Oh, this is the community, this is the people around me doing this is how my friends do it, this is people that formulas that you see around you, people that you see are successful. But you know what? There's a really important balance in life between conformity and authenticity. You want to find your own balance. Because if you're just copying what's around you, it's never going to be as deeply authentic. It's not going to be say or not. So to find that balance, how do I know that my way, not your way, not your way, not your way, not my way, my, my, if you looked inside my heart, you would find a calculus and a formula of a bonus session that no one else has. No one else. I'm trying to find a Jewish powerful and I can't copy anyone else's. So how do I know that? I'm on the right track. When you see someone in your eyes and you find them walking their way, you know it works so well for them. And the generalities, and you can see yourself as a child, you can try as best as you can to be true. It gives you tremendous confidence in the Lord's Hashem. And so much that the Lord's Hashem is confidence. Because you know what happens if you're not confident in your Lord's Hashem? You become neurotic and angst and anxiety and afraid and stress. And it has to be so many of stress in the Lord's Hashem. There's always expectations of you. But there's nothing like. It's a Yiddish word. It's not like being gleich. You know what gleich means in Yiddish? Smooth. When you meet real gedolim, it's gleich. And that's really what you have to reach. Because if you're not gleich, there's so much trouble inside of you, and fear, and scare. It's not understanding the point and calm, not constitutional arrogance, not constitutional It's just... To feel the calmness of being in the Kodesh Barak, to feel the calmness, to feel the embrace. And you need to meet people who say, you know what, that person taught me that this is a Dara. So you need it for Masara, and you need it for Amuna, and you need it for confidence. You also need it for Nodal. Because when you need to know, you'll never outgrow his level or his challenge. And it's all the difference between leading a mediocre life or leading a driven life. So you're not more careful, you're driven. Driven means no matter what you do, you're not going to reach the level you need to be at. So you're always working harder, you're always pushing through the next plateau, and you never let yourself get tired, you never let yourself get excuses, you never take too much impact because of your accomplishments. Because you have an image of someone that was so much more accomplished than anything you ever can achieve in any single facet of your modus Hashem. So you live your life driven, almost starting from more. So what, you're tired, it's sort of what I've not sleep for days and give shiur, right? So what that you're a little bit weak? So when you have people like that, with such strong personalities, such great, you are always driven. You're always looking for the next. You're driven. So it's a level that pushes you to a level that you may not be motivated enough on your own to reach. And when you have these examples, these personalities that drive you, they they take the higher ground. You're forcing yourself. I used the word, I was in Manchester a few weeks ago, and I was interviewed for a blog. I said, you literally lead a haunted life. That means to be haunted. You know how many times a day I think about Mario Barabi and about Ramon? At least ten times a day. They're part of my kishis. And sometimes I they slip up and say, they're literally part of my kishis. And I'll tell you later, not when I learned Tara. That's what I'm going to say. More so in other cases. And as you're watching, say, number five is you see what Torah can do to personalities. 
You don't just see it in space. You see some of the great development. Every safer there was written by a governor. But we never had the skills to see how it changed them, how they lived life as through Kibbutz Arayim, through Mindos, through Darash Arayim, through whatever. And it teaches you the thought, and you know, listen to this. Because you're all growing up, and I've seen a lot of boys and girls become very, very strong. And not always the healthiest way to do it. You know how you know when you're from Kaddish to Bad is real it's healthy? But if your Avodah Hashem makes you a better version of yourself. You're leaving Monday, Sunday, think back. Are you a better version of yourself? Not just how much you've learned. Are you just a better person? Find six or seven metrics, six or seven values, strengths of yourself. And you become a better friend. Have you become a better, more respectful? Have you become a It's just hard. Because it can corrupt you just as it can enrich you. And when you see the dome through transformed and ennobled through the Torah, and you say, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's what I want. I want to be better. People move people. It is all We're all here because people touch us and we're drawn by their gravity and by their orbit. And say, I want to be, I want to have a better life. And Torah is a ticket. Torah is a way to have a better life. So we'll go ahead and talk about some of our development. Those are five things that plus Masara, Emuna, confidence, leading a driven life, and just seeing time in the lift and transforming personality. That's running from the same for as you did before. before. is that confidence, is that you can look at a godo, you look at your Rebbe and say, I know that with confidence, and I see with the confidence of my Rebbe that now I have my Avodah Hashem with confidence rather than with aims. I was wondering if the Rebbeim could maybe spend a minute or two sharing, first of all, who their Rebbeim is, obviously your target mentioned your listening team, um, but then in addition to that, maybe maybe an early memory, an early story, an early sheer, an early message that was shared to them, that, that maybe they could point to that moment and say, okay, at, at that moment, that's when I knew that this is someone, this is a figure, this is a Rebbe that I want to maybe attach myself to. Is there something that sticks out in either of uh, the Rebbeim's mind? Okay, can you hear me well? This is taking me down memory lane. Um, look, Eli Blankish, the word Kedayalim is, is a heavy word for me. Because um, sometimes the tree is so big that the apple falls far. I, I'd rather call special people who um, I met personally to be mentored or to inspire. That would include many people. But the three people who stand out there clearly in my life as a young child would be the Bab Chereva and his Chaser of Yel Khan, which has passed away two weeks ago. I'll tell you about that a bit. Then my Rebbe Muvakrib, who was this Abreda Roshiva, Chaver Yeshiva, which we learned from Rusev 
for 10 years, sometimes two storm a day. And finally, Moira Rabbi Rafuta, which was a cream out of the cake. So let's tell a few stories to understand what these people are and what they mean. Well, I was once at this standard, probably, and I, and I made a statement that which I still stand by today, that is a person who sleeps well at night should never be a teacher. Any person who sleeps well and doesn't need to lose sleep because of you, please should sell insurance. You should not teach. So if anybody dreaming about Chinuch, please get a big dose of Ambien. A real teacher is someone who cares enough that will not sleep because of you and will even fast for your atzlacha. Sabbath Sabotka, I heard this from a footnote, fasted for a certain Gavarabe 80 days of pioneers. They should fall in place. <coughs> that he should grow well. So I'm going to tell you a story. I'm, uh, I'm probably the only kid that ever went to Lubavitch sent by the Panavizhirov. Now, that doesn't make sense, but here's how it goes. I was a little boy, not yet 11. I had finished school in Chicago. And um, my dad wanted to send me to Philadelphia. And a lot of these high schools, these yeshivas, but then no one was taking a kid before Bar Mitzvah. Panavizhirov, the Rebbeisim Shalom, Kahneman, Kahneman, he was the Yasid, the founder of Panavizh Yeshiva, was in our house in Chicago, and my dad says, well, what do you do with this kid? He says, what's your problem? Send him to Lubavitch, so definitely take him. He was right. Send him there for three years, then send him to me. Well, whatever it is, it ended up being four years, and I did not go to him. That's another story. But um, here I was in Lubavitch, and I was a little boy, barely 11, and after like three months in the school, we used to have a Shabbos in the base of Medrash and Shul of 770 Eastern Parkway, which then was a smaller shul, it was on the top floor, whatever it be. The principal calls me in and says, the Rebbe notices you're losing weight. He says, what? I mean, goodness sakes, I'm not from a Babich family. You know, I'm just a kid that went there to, to ultimately go to Eretz and the Rebbe says you're losing weight. And the Rebbe thinks because you're too lazy to bench, that's why you're not washing and eating bread. And the Rebbe said that we have to put two goons on you to make sure you wash and eat bread. Well, I was astounded because he was right. Now, this isn't Ruch HaKadosh or all the other funny stuff. This isn't things in a doll. This isn't voodoo. This is simply a person who cares about people. And he sees the little boy, which he realizes is far from his parents. I was 11, for goodness sakes. And I was losing weight. And he obviously looked into it and found out who I am or what I'm like, whatever that was. And he figured it out. He was on the ball. You know what that is to me? That's a person... Doesn't care just about the cloud you stroll. 
who cares about a little 11-year-old boy, anonymous little boy in the school. I'll never forget that. You see, so many people are great people and see things globally. You think of a person like that, you think of, oh, a global movement, oh, who knows what. No. To me, he will always be that man that cared about an 11-year-old child. <laughs> cared, thought, assessed the situation, and acted on a lonely 11-year-old child. That really affected me for whoever I am today. A lot has to do with that. Care about a little boy. You don't sleep well if you have a boy around you and isn't doing well. You think, you try, you act. You don't just sit and say, kill him. That's one anecdote, one story. I'm not going to spend the whole night telling stories. I'm going to take piece by piece of the divide, showing you what teachers are and how much you need them, how much they form your life. I'm going to another teacher, a man who passed away two weeks ago, 90-ish. He was a person that um, would listen to about you ever for eight hours straight and then say it all out for Braden. He's a genius, he was. The other time was pushing. He, I don't know anybody who was an Ilui like him. Tiger was the real thing. You know, the minute was then, the custom was that we used to get together and for Yomka, for whatever it is, and we used to do what they call the Babish for brain. Now, let me tell you what for brain means. You get together, there's a. Well, typical of ours would be vodka on the table with some kichelos uh, or whatever it is. And then he used to take one student and sit him next to him and he used to talk to him and through talking to, to, to that boy, he would talk to everybody. I remember, what am I, 12? And he took me as his, uh, as we say in Hebrew, Tanagol Kaparot, <laughs> seats me down next to him and says, Mendele, that's my kid's name, don't call me that. Um, you lie every morning three times. I said, what the hell you want from him? This is abusive. This is raw. Uh, okay, what? What do you say as soon as you wake up in the morning? I say, those are the three lies. Modet, do you really admit are you actually thankful? You pay you just paying lip service. Ani? Which Ani of yours? There's so many yous. Which one of you? Which you of yours is admitting or thanking anything? Do you know who you are? Is it the external, the internal? Yesterday's or tomorrow's? Are you kidding? That means to say that God's in front of you, you're thanking him. When the last time was really in front of you? Now he wasn't just talking to me, but it was to me. And I will never forget that. It, at that point in time that I understood at that very age that God doesn't want me to lie, and God doesn't want my lip service, and God does not want me to use language of other people but use my own. 
And I can't say, Rebbe, this says that, or Rebbe Yen says that. I have to hit my language and my understanding, and I have to mean it. And when I daven, I say, Hashem, I do not mean the lips of other people, I mean mine. And I realize before I talk to him, I have to take time to think, will this be real or won't it be real? And when I learn the Tysus, I don't just want to know what can be said, but somehow with the vast amount of knowledge accessible today, what did they really mean? And when I see a Rajva, I want to know what did he really mean? Not how many possibilities are there in there, what did he really mean? And that forced me to research and understand. I remember learning with my Rebbe Rebzizl. Whenever we support a Rajva, he would roll out immediately all the parallel language of Rajva like that in Shut, in Shubhas Rajva, and the Kedushim. Woo! He also wanted to know what the Rajva meant. That's called searching for the truth. It gives another understanding to the words of the Tayyar Libayullah of the Chabahemes. It's got to be real. Those are two people that hit me age 11 and 12. Then let me tell you about my Rebbe Rebzisla. Rebzisla Breuder. I did not endlessly about him. I wanted to point which affected me in the craziest way possible. Now we learned together for literally for 10 years. Oh, Even after I got married, they still didn't say the shlishis. Let me tell you what this person is to understand. Is he a regular guy? That's how I'm afraid of the word doily. Very normal person. With weaknesses, thank God. Mistakes, hallelujah. We used to go to the beach together. He did headstands. You know, Mozzadella, Tyra, and all the other funny stuff with the abbreviations. Yeah, you know, it was really funny. But, you know, I mean, you know, I used to vacation with him. I used to sleep in his room. We went, we went together for a vacation, literally, you know what I mean? I slept in the same room with him. You know what I mean? I had to behave myself. You know what I mean? But it was, uh, it was more than a father. And I'm going to tell you one story to understand who this person is. First thing you should know that for him, learning was real learning. I mean, I can say ages, because I used to leave after, after we finished at 1 o'clock. And I know from when I was a buffer at 4.30, he was really up learning Chum Shurambad. Okay? That's it. And then, excuse me, half an hour of the day from 2 to 2.30, religiously, puts his foot on the couch, takes his old transistor radios, we don't even know what that is, to listen to the news so that person has to know what's happening in the world around him. And that was a religious thing. He would know, I have to hear what's happening. He lives here. But the rest of the day, Torah, Avedis Hashem, nothing else. I don't want to talk about that. I used to go at night with envelopes that he used to give me to put under the doors of poor people in Bote Ungar, in Bote Varsha, Bote Breit. Yeah, he, he found the time for that. But I thought, this is a guy that learned 18 hours a day, me, I'm undone. I never stopped. <coughs> and they tell me, this is for real. But that's not what took me on. I'll tell you what I learned from him. Oh, a lot. But he taught me how to read the places. Oh. 
And if I would dare say a cliche, or dare quote one of the um, later day saints, oh God, you have no idea. He would throw me out of the room. I remember once I was tired, you look at these big missional amounts, which are three pages by Sadim Sultan Makharshis, I'll never forget it. I'm already shaking my head because he, I don't know, with a three page missional amount of the little letters. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking So I said, you know, he says, can you get out of the room? He says, why? You're sitting here because you want to be my good friend and agree to everything. I have good friends without you. Get out. When you're willing to fight with me, you can come back in again. I don't need good friends. Your job is not to be my good friend. I loved him, you understand? But, I, but he loved me. Take the word seriously and think whether you understand and, not, and agree or don't agree. Not just what I said, you said it blindly. I learned something very special there. God wants me to think. God wants me to make my mistakes. God wants me to make, have my successes. All that in the floodies, well, I would never, ever use your mind to save other people's ideas unless they became yours, unless you internalized and understood them your way. I, by him, that was like, whoo, terrible. My students suffered from it. I remember that. I'm home sometimes. I feel like the you know, going against windmills, but it's got to be this way. But you know the greatest thing I learned from? I'm going to tell you, just meeting special people give you confidence that human beings can actually be something. Here, I'll tell you a story. 1968, there was an enormous, very big snowstorm and a big snowfall in Jerusalem. Those days, Jerusalem didn't even have like you know, salt or things that take care of it, whoever. If the city was closed for three, four days. Now, we were young boys, um, uh, and uh, we had a snowball fight outside of the yeshiva. And, you know, so he, he lived next to the yeshiva, and his library, where we learned, was in the yeshiva building, and he's walking by from the house of the yeshiva. My friend, I'll call him Yehuda, that is his name, doesn't matter, he's a Choshev, Rosh Yeshiva, Machab is from, all the other, you know, he has all the abbreviations before his name, after his name, hey, what the difference? It all means nothing. And he stole the snowball at me. No man, I, I ducked. And guess who the snowball hit, smack in the face? Rosh Yeshiva walking by to his house of the office, resistant. I turned around. And I would, my, my, my jaw dropped. He didn't move his head to seal through it. He just kept on going. That ain't normal. <laughs> right? Okay. I go in. My time to learn starts. It's already like 9 o'clock. We do all this between chakras instead of breakfast, you understand. 9 o'clock, I go into the thing. I change the clothes, obviously, walk in. And we sit down and look at Newt, Newt. What we were holding is, that's your question. Someone hit you with a snowball a little while ago. He says, oh, yeah, you noticed? Uh, how did I notice? You got it because I ducked. Uh-huh. Okay, so. But you didn't turn your head. He says, what would I gain by turning that head? Do you understand what that means? 
a split-second decision. I have no reason to turn my head if it won't be constructive. That the worst it will be, be great shame to the person through. Can you do that within ten seconds? Five seconds? He could. He did. I decided then and there. I'm stuck with you to the hip forever. No Torah did for him. He, he was actually a grandson of the Kalama Musser movement, and this really fit. Total control of himself. He worked with Das. It all came, his value system was so real that he wouldn't do it if it didn't make sense. That's what I said before taking the Torah and pouring it into your cup of coffee. That's. If that's called the goggle, bravo. He still did headstands. And we had a lot of arguments. I got a lot of stories about that. It doesn't matter. I remember once, I'm not going to tell you the story. I said, listen, tell me what you wanted to say. I said, I can't say it. Because why won't you say it? Because you won't talk to me. I said, I'm not going to say it. I want you to talk to me. He says, I promise you I'll talk to you. Well, finally, when I said what he said, there was a long silence on the phone. I said, are you going to talk to me? I promised. Yes, I will. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, we had a lot of... You know, I can tell you stories from here until tomorrow about my relationship. Ten years, for goodness sake. But this was the best. This was the greatest. This showed me that a human being... You, 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 give me the youngest of you... can become that... It's not one of these golden stories, you know, he made a seam of Shazman at three years old, and since then from his mother milk he made Shaklanir Bidvaroi, all these other funny storybooks that you have in Oxford, which are, I hope none of you believe, you know, at the end of the day, this actually happened! You know, this is real, that's real! And no one can teach me that! I had to see it, and when I saw it, oh, it actually can happen. You can learn 18 hours a day, do headstands on the beach. Be the most normal, compassionate person and don't move your head unless it's me. It's worth it. That's awesome. Okay? That, I don't know, the It's great people who took control of their lives and their tyranny defined it. That's what you need. Find people like that. To dream about that, then you can, it can be done. I had a better memory than him. I can tell you right now. He was fast. Alpha <laughs> Piquet. It means everybody can do it. You just have to say Moida, Ani, Lufanecha, and Nenek. And every day, it's a Sisyphian task. You'll never finally get that, I can promise you, by the way. But if you don't roll that stone, you'll never get anywhere. And if you roll the stone, you will get so far that you won't even dream about Because if a resistant can do it, I can do it. You can, you can do it. We can alter it. And if I don't do it, because I don't learn as much as he did. I was doing too much time on my headstands. He knew how to do it. A normal person. I mean, that's what it is. And my... Have your foot in Okay, so he was a uh, <laughs> very special person. Um, awesome. Scary. That's the honest truth. Um, oh boy, he was really awesome. He was super normal if you uh, 
were in with him. But I, I, I assume things be true before I die. I will not divulge here. Uh, I was good with him and his son-in-law, so it went well. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. Once again, this goes back to the, the same idea, for which me is more important than anything else. We had so much to hedge for this person, because really what he had in his thought, in his pinky, I don't think he had in my brain. It was well read. And I don't just mean Babi Yushamsi first from a I mean broad reading. He was Altislabotka, you wouldn't know what that means. It means well read. I mean conversant, it was so beautiful to see you'd have Rav Sriyuda Cook, which was his cousin in the morning, and Rav Amar Bloy at night, which is the head of Turkarta. And he was good with everybody, because he had what to say with everybody. He was an inclusive person. You see, once you really can be a player in your life, the people who influenced me were people that knew how to be alone. And that's why they didn't need applauses from anybody. And that's why they could be totally inclusive you got to be able to be alone. You and God. And then you can be with everybody and anything and everywhere. People who need people are the loneliest people in the world. You wouldn't even know what that's a pun from. Barbara Streisand, by the way. But at the end of the day, you wouldn't even know what that is. I don't know if she's alive or dead. She's alive? Oh, sleeping. <laughs> but at the end of the day, really, I mean, we're talking about can you be with everybody? If you don't need anybody's applause, you can lose everybody. If you don't need anybody's applause, nothing is too small for you. Everything's important. A little lovely little girl, guy's important. Making somebody comfortable is important. Being a good husband, a good child, a good everything is important. Davening is important. Learning is important because it's all real. And here's her foot that I'll tell you one story and I gotta let go. Leilenu, my one of my sisters, she passed away. She had a terrible ski accident in Vermont, <coughs> and we were sure she was well. She whatever it was, she, we were sure she, her brainstem was almost snapped. I was in Paris at the time, especially married. Flew over, that was my, my wife came from Paris, and I flew over, it was place of time, I flew over immediately to, to, to America. And uh, obviously I called the Whitner and I asked him if they could arrange you know, some St. Phil, etc., in the Yeshiva Mshiftachim Berlin, which is in Brooklyn, on And then, you know, whatever, whatever, I stayed there, and every day either he would call, or his son-in-law would call, or his only daughter would call. How is your sister doing? Okay. I, after two weeks, uh, we realized what the situation was. There was no, no any change. Like, it wasn't life-threatening anymore, but she was a, a vegetable for like this. She finally got out of coma and took ages, whatever it be. And, you know, stupid young me, running back to his fresh wife, forgot the core of Whitman to say that I'm leaving. After three days, I get a phone call to my in-laws house in Paris. And he um, describes what he thinks about me in um, certain uh, terms. And basically, you're a low life, doesn't he? You're a, no, you're not a mensch. He's, he starts pouring it on me like it's his 
I don't sleep at night because of your sister. And you can't call me to say how she is and you walk away without, how can you do this to me? And he meant it. Hey, if you know of Hitler, <laughs> big man. And he was mamish angry me. I don't sleep at night because of your sister. And you don't care enough to let me know how she's doing? Great people, as I said before, are not to take all that time and translate it to being a mensch. My mom used to tell us, the Olam Yehei Adam, period. <coughs> First be a mensch. Second of all, you're a Shemayim, comma, we're Besetu Begalui. I learned from these great people to read it that way. To be real, to be honest, is to be able to be alone and therefore totally inclusive and caring and nothing, nothing, nothing is too small. Because every Jew is a big something. We're all children of the Lord, if I may say. And that's what you see from great people. And I repeat, I don't want to use the word failure because it's frightening. They have all these art school images. These were all normal people. I knew of those girlfriends when he was young. I knew who they were. You know what I mean? I do. What do you want me to do? I, I was very close to them. I saw family pictures. I said, whatever. I can, you know what I mean? I know them quite a lot in Tyrant. <laughs> this isn't funny. But I saw them Achimat in Tyrant. Don't you understand? This you know, Selling stories is meaningless only to tell you it's up to you. You will not grow from stories. The stories of the best will tell you you can do it. Put your freaking nose into the Gemara and keep it there. At the end of the day, Havayas Havayas Berofa are going to be Miyashe Vesamoach Vesalev. After that, oh boy, you will have a beautiful heart. And you will have a good life in your Moyach who will rule your lev and you'll be able not to move your head until you really need to. Grow. It's yours. Okay. So about a couple of years ago, one of my kids turns me to the shop and says, we just had a session in our high school for all the different types of Jews that live in Israel. And there are Hasidish, and Haredi, and Lipish, and Sardau, and Ketchup. There was everything. And I'm a Huawei. No, but Abba, who are we? Who are we? I'm not a Christian curriculum. Don't limit yourselves. As I said before, don't limit yourselves. If I'm going to borrow from this really solid and this messy, so I haven't said you don't need anyone else, but that, that's your core. What if you just tear it all away and just me and I'm going to borrow to go to places and to learn from people and to meet people and to grow from people? The light of our to see really deep words. They hold those layers up. Because the layers are layers we've been able to start sometimes. I want to talk about some other ways that people limit themselves as an introduction to what I learned from my Rabbi. So you don't just limit yourself by saying, I'm Yeshivas and I'm Karedi and this and that. Sometimes you also limit yourself when you grow. The easiest way to define yourself, especially when you're young, is like this. 
because I'm possessed, this is what I do well, and so I'm going to excel at, and I'm going to invest in, and you get to college. I'm a physics guy, I'm into math, I'm going to poetry or art. And so I don't have like math, I just like looking at paintings and being poetry, I don't have to do numbers and think things, it's too much to me. And I just think you're really powerful, right? It's really wants to sharpen it, to use it. That's just to sharpen it, it's just different parts of it. So you can use it to find him. It's a tool. But also, when you grow up, you start to yourself. This is what I am. It's good to know what I am. Use it for a robot. This is what I do. This is what I should have done. I'm with that because of this. And when I saw my remedies, it's just it's always immense. And all this and that. Strong people, they listen to that. Both. We'll find a way. We'll put it together. There was the scene was this soft spoken, genteel, kind, they only clearly raise his voice. He's like watching Noble leave that in the fourteenth century, literally. But when he said Yeshiraba, Bonishlo, the Bonishlo shiny feeling of Yeshis! Safer and they think and they run. Then they're the screamers, the mikvah digger dippers, the, the hell chat. We don't want those types of people. We're, we're quiet. You know, I'm that type of person also. This time they scream in front of a car who shifts the shabbat and they don't know how to do Hashem. We used to record, we tape recorders. We used to try to record as big as a car. I knew we had an idea. Put a little tape recorder on the. I literally felt my knee shell down our ceiling. <laughs> so for those of you who are quiet and respectful, genteel, so on so Everything about him was, was he used to speak after Kabbalah Shabbos for minimum an hour and a half Friday night. Minimum. It was tough. It was long and hard. Work hard to understand him. Really struggle. I, I would make Kiddush on Shabbos Friday night, literally at 10 15. I'd come home at 10 15, not even started at 8 or so, 7 45. I'm walking through at 10 15, my wife would say, What are we talking about tonight? 10 15, that's the Kiddush. What are you talking about tonight? I said, Tonight, the Warren told us that Moshe Rabbein was a good man. My wife would look at an hour and a half to say that. And I was just smiling around, trying to think, What does it mean to be the parts of being good, the dangers of being too good, how different people see goodness, how you apply goodness. It was everything was just so inclusive, panoramic. But he was just so, so humble. So humble. Not false humility. He really thought he never wants to ask the ready. Let's get to be kissing you. What do I actually carve out a kiss for ourselves? He said, actually, the Mara, the Rashi, Pisces, the Rashma, the Rush, let's see, the Ram, the Beard. So, one point, that race is a Rebbe, and that's the kiss. None of us learn to finish us. 
So you look at us in the eye with not a shred of arrogance, not a shred of arrogance, and you look at us and say, I did. And what he's really saying is he didn't think he was different. He didn't say, oh, I did, and, and you weaklings, you shame the results. He said, I did, so if I can do it, you can do it. If I can work that hard, you can do it. The only thing separating you from me, the only thing separating you from me, is just working harder, staying away, or caring more, investing more of your emotions. I found that I once asked him, now that I'm 40 years old, but I'm going over a month all the time, there's that part of the month where he transitions into Kabbalah up here. I'm going to something Kabbalah. We normally skip them. Now I should maybe read those parts of Kabbalah in the Ramban. My friend asked him that question. My friend had a few So Ramban looks him in the eye and says, those parts of the Ramban, they're not meant for people like you and me. It's like, oh, in what world do you and me belong in the same sense? Really, it's not meant for people like you and me. You're you and I'm me. You say you can't learn them to come to harm, I can't learn them. That makes sense. So most people would say, so you pull that off. They would say, well, I'm a humble person. And then I'm living my growth. So they say, well, it's hard for me to be humble because I'm just so much. And you pull those two off. Big mouth here. Did everyone ask for a mind for a side? 90% of the time, we gave them a you know what? We always did not ask them a side. Another sermon, another sermon, another sermon, chumras upon chumras upon chumras. We always do it with one or two of us. You have to really check yourself before you ask a mind for a side. Some people are mind for it's because they're, they're just, they're not open to the world around them. They just. Either close minded or narrow or open minded, either very, very rigid and strict and way more open minded, you're engaging, more around you, it's in nature, you're more naked, or you And you yourself. He really was not, he was not. Or the economy between the two. When it came to the tower, when it came to Halacha, he was home, 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 the chorus remain uh, in Italy. You can't, you can't play with that. And because you're so steadfast, and because you're so good, and because you're so passionate and committed, so then it goes all around you. I don't think he did that stance. I don't think he did But he's a real person, as I've said before. Um, what did I say right there, here? When you walk into the room, time stop. Everything stopped. It's like in a movie where everyone just froze. It was literally like a person coming from a different era. Everyone just realizes this is someone different. I just never, I just stopped being trapped. You realize there's someone in the room now, and everyone paid attention. Everyone in the room paid attention. It was like, as I said before, like a, like a king walked in. But here's the stick, here's the score. Listen to this carefully. A couple years before he was lived there, Someone asked him, maybe, what do you want written on your kid? You know how many cameras you could have filled with accolades about this person? You could have filled seven cars in a row. You, you, you still would have had things to write. You still would have run out. And he said he wants on his camera two words. It's star. I go there. It's just, it's just so different from any other camera. He wanted two words. Ogadesha. Not even the word evidence because that would imply accomplishment. Oh, it is the process. I got the camera today. It's a clean camera. It's just a steward. Oh, it is. 
he was a real Evan. He was a real Evan Lufnei Rabbo. This is the problem with our door. These are the words you associate with Fronkai because we are guilty because we've sold you Fronkai with the following words. Why should it be from? Because it's meaningful. Because it fills me with purpose and it fills me with dignity and it fills me with ideals and because it leads to a better life and because it's me and because of me, me, which is all great. But what about Ab- Ab- Abode Zashem? What about just sitting there Evan with me about what's When's the last time you did something really, really hard on Abode Zashem? I mean, really hard. And not because you felt it was serving you, but you felt you were serving something larger and serving a larger smoke. We emulsify in Abode Zashem. It's not a toothpaste. It's all very soft. Very soft. No edges. It's all very smooth. And I think it's not a good job. I don't think it change anything, but. See, you might as well use a pendulum. You always make sure it swings properly. It swings to one end, it swings to the other end. We get in the middle, so every bar has to swing and swing back. This is where all the Hashem. He taught us willpower. Willpower. We went out in Shia at 1 30 every day. There's no food, there's a very, very poor country. We're on the call, no pizza, no hangers. We'd go. Three, four days without really eating. And we'd be praying, talk about something, and we'd be eating. We came to the lunchroom, like, not like today, but it was extra as he takes. But came to the lunchroom, there's no food left. And we said, no, I'm delivered with it. And we got it. And after two years, I fell in the window. I felt like I couldn't go on anymore. I was just so hard, not sleeping, not eating, pushing, pushing, pushing. I just, just my tank was empty. It was so hard, breaking, sweating. So you tell the stories about your remodel. I'll tell you one story. It's getting a little late, so I'll leave something. It's a little part of the program. When I came to Yeshiva, the last thing on my mind was that I would live in Eretz Yisrael and teach Torah. Nowhere, not even remotely, remotely part of my mind. I was a one and done, going back to Brooklyn, because that was my world, that's where good chips lived, and I was going to become a dentist or a doctor, just like my, it was just not even close. The last thing on my mind. There's a slow process, learning, meeting people, but what's the moment, what was the, the moment that turned me? It was Karm, which is called Matsushabas. So we had to wait for Ramitan to drive in the other Rosh to drive in for the life. So what are we doing in Shiva when we're waiting? We're our adults. So he talked, and he talked about Esther, and we're like pleading with Esther, please, Doreen, say something, get involved. Hashilaru, play Ahmed's dollar, you didn't. Meal died in the place because I was a Gaslamalchus. Your position, this is your time, this is your moment. I should put you in this place for a reason. This is your moment. What does Esther say? I'm too busy with my mascara. I've got my palace assistants and palace protocol. And the king hasn't really called me and had to follow the procedure. Let me give you a form, fill it out, I'll submit it, I'll get back to you. I'll have my people get back. And what is I shot? Is this palace protocol? There Your people are waiting for you. And that's the best you can do. And we're about 500 points in the next numbers. And we're quieter than it is right now. That's up. And we're 
Five words. And he thundered those five words. I felt the pose of the same. I'll say it in English, I'll say it in Hebrew. In English, do you care or do you not care? In Hebrew, it was Yisbalacha or Lohzbalacha. Mordechai was talking to Esther, but Ravara was talking to us. And when he was talking to us, he was just literally looking at the Bainashan and saying, Do you care or do you not care? Yisbalacha, do you care? Love. Really reduced it. Simple equation. Not a very complex equation. Not too many X's and Y's there. Just a follow follow. Let me show you what I did. I'll show you with my body. I'll put the mic down for a second. You know what that's called? It's called giving up. We just say, you know what? Just take it. Because you are so. When you meet someone like that, they don't just talk to you. People talk to us. Hopefully, you meet people like they don't just talk to you when they reach the level. Sometimes you're always afraid they put red, wearing a mask, putting on a face, or he says this, but he's something else. And then you find a lot of good people in this world who are very sincere and they love Always have to say to whatever who's challenging us to, who's in far more. Maybe he's far more. He was giving us discounts. He was saying, you know, you guys try your best to reach. What you can do to slide into us. I have a word I want to find for it. Voluntary coercion. We allow ourselves to be coerced. You say, you know, I'm using my material options. I know you're pushing me into a corner. I want to push me into a corner because I want to be with you. Because you're, I want to feel your conviction. I want to feel your passion. I want to feel like you make me feel. I want that to be my identity and your presence. <laughs> I'm not living in America. I'm not even that this. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm taking that challenge. And I think of him a lot. I think of him every day, but more for his kindness, more for the husband he was. Also, I looked a lot about marriages. I lived in the Shiva when he was raising his children, and I watched him and I went to his house. Very different in our dream. Different relationship. It's a complete total law. It's probably closest to the relationship that I've had with the program. As opposed to the other relationships I've had. You felt this feeling, this mountain. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I remember once your uncle. Your uncle went to Yeshiva for a couple years. And then he went to Uncle Zanathi Lamb. And then he went to Canary Saltalor. Talking about these three years, I said, Nazi, tell me what's it like to be in any cell. So, is there a super quick issue? So, what do you feel like? He said, More than two walks into the room, and lose my breath just like I lost it in the garden. I said, Good, I'm happy. You know, a lot of robotomies say, Support their arms around you. A lot of arm around you. There's a lot of people put their arms around you. How many of you are people, when they walk into the room, you do nothing, you lose breath, and you feel like, This is something. This is something that basically lose my mind. I need that sometimes also. It's not just friendly candy canes and balloons. So don't take that breath away. Tell me if you borrow from the power of your life. Give me a little time. I have the dice though. Some of them I have a hard time downing. Come on. Put my head out for my seat. I'll look at his seat. 
and sit down and try to that noise. It just resets me. My mind starts wandering and running to more places and people are happy when you're going through the room. It's part of the world that you inhabit. So, that's what I try to do. I'm this, can't do that. No, I have some people who are broad enough, confident enough, close enough to finish sparrow. It's not on this and not that. Don't argue for your limitations. They will become your limitations. Argue against them. Shadow the, shadow the ceiling. To be great, you can't cut and paste. To be great, you can't label yourself. There's no label of greatness. It doesn't exist. To be great, has to be you. It has to be you. You have to take resources, to make resources, find people, of course. But we've never gotten this before. But I learned that about not limiting your personality, not limiting your growth. Let me stop here so we can get a little bit more I never look in a cranium, you know that by now. Obviously, there were countless stories, countless messages, countless ideas that hopefully we'll all be reflecting on for a while. But Blachman, um, Remy mentioned, Remy mentioned uh, the snowball story, how, 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 how didn't even turn his face, did not even flinch when the snowball hit him in the face. Or stories how, how Remy mentioned that the Torah itself transformed him. The Torah itself transformed him, made him into a new person. The Das became part of who he was. And it impacted his midos. And Rebbe mentioned later that I think the exact quote was, if I don't do it, if I don't have those midos like my Rebbe, it's because I didn't learn as much as he did. And you said, what's the trick? Stick your head in a Bayerava. Stick your head in the arguments of a Bayerava. So if Rebbe could spend a few quick minutes, just, just if, if you could just guide us, what is it about spending time in the arguments of a Bayerava? What is it about spending time learning Gemara? That could then turn and impact you and your meetings. Five, five in, minutes. Left. In in uh, five minutes, yes. <laughs> it's enough to say it that way. Give me the answer. This is gonna be the longest five minutes you ever had. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. This is really impossible. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start, but I'm taking up your five minutes. <laughs> I am. Do you ever notice that in the um, in shots, just right there, even when you, um, by the way, it's really only 20 volumes. And that is a computer thing which has like a, a wall full of books. And if you take away 
the Latter Day Saints, and just the Gemara Rosh Tzitzis Rosh Ruf and Ran. Except for Bavasri, with the Rishvachet Talmidim, so the Rishbam had to talk a lot. It's not really that big. It's actually very small. It's like Vidya Britannica is much bigger. Just catch what I know before we start. Now, um, if you um, notice a few things in the Gemara which are quite frightening. You know the difference between a Sugis of Babli and a Sugis of Yerushalmi? Children of Sugis of Yerushalmi, they're very short. They're like a bunch of very nice people. One guy says this for they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm in a Muppet show, you know, like this. Everyone's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So the Sugis are like very small. Then go to a Babli. Whatever you say, there's going to be ten questions and they're fighting around there. It's going to go for three blocks and more until he finishes his sentence. There's a question which is finally finished in Tess Rashi writes over there, like they didn't let him talk. So he had to, to write another two and a half blood. By the way, this is how he finishes the question. Marama Prat says that that's why they have luck with Zimbabwe. Every word you say has to be accurate, and everything is analyzed in the broad scope and in the depth. You got to get used to thinking that whatever you say has ramifications, which get from Nashim to Nazikim to Kachim to Tyrus. And here's something which is frightening. You will hopefully learn Babli in Arabic. I mean, as opposed to the. Uh, training wheels found through the Schattenstein uh, Foundation. Uh, I think the training wheels should be, you know, like, whoever wants to ride a bike with training wheels when he's 50, 60. It's like you put these plastic things in and when you will go into a pool. I mean, God help me. What's happening here? Everyone's using training wheels. I mean, I didn't let my kids have a Kahati Mishnah is over the age of 10. Break your back. Remark to Nura. You'll get the language. You'll be your own person. You'll never read. You have freedom. You want to be spoon fed by some translator. Hallelujah. But really, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, do you notice what it is about me? One of the most. It's crazy to think about it. Let's say, take a guy like Rabbi Yochanan. He's on the stage of history there for almost 100 years. He died quite late. To 500 Beinahi is rare, but rare, but rare, but rare. In other words, the word takes for granted when the guy opened up his mouth, he rolled in his mind before he said it. What are the possible nafkaminas, ramifications, halachas, whatever will come out of this idea before we said it? And here I'll tell you this is great. I don't read too many, but I have a decent library. There's a book called Childs and Shuvas Shilas David. Hmm. He, this guy's an awesome. So this is what he writes in the Dhamma. 
But it's, I really barely have time to learn my Gemara and Rishonim. So I push you don't have time for you know, and this. I don't have the time. He didn't have time for Shukurah. He was busy. So I know people may argue with my father, but please take one thing for granted. Every spar I wrote, I rolled through Shas Babli Yisham Sefrosi from Mechilta to make sure there's no Nafkemina or steering. So before you argue with me, roll it too. I like that man. That's that's what you that's Thinking that way, that everything is it's all that's not Kaddish Baruchu. It's all God's will given to man to understand, to interpret. But you're a serious scholar. You're a Yosef at the age of twenty, which when he says will stay strong all the way to the age of one hundred and twenty. We've met great people, some very great people, which love changing their minds. The Tanoim didn't. The Amiroim didn't. In Rishonim we find it. Yeah. <laughs> but he says so many opinions there, you don't know which one is his anyway. <laughs> Rajbot, Pichubis, Rambam. But Tanoim, Amiroim, it's frightening. You don't open your mouth before you really know where it's going to go. So you want to know what does what living Gemara does to you? It teaches you how important every idea in our void discussion is. And every move you make is important. Every word you say is important. Don't say it until you thought it out. Don't do it until you think, what can this do to people around you? Or to you? Oh, come on, it's only killing time at the pizza parlor and Queen Anne. Wow! Killing time, are you kidding? It's your best friend. How can you even use the term killing time? People who use the word killing time, you think they never learned Gemara. Because Gemara is very exact, it's formulated. There's no, there's no, oh, I meant this. It doesn't work. Oh, in the creative editing of Raya, sure, Maxibach, Tony, but that's not what happened for the evening, okay? But those are things that get you nervous. They're definitely not, not the Klal Shadvarim. I'm trying to say, yeah, I, I probably sound like a terrible teacher. Gemara, Gemara, Gemara. It makes you think straight. It gives you a sense of responsibility. You learn about a basra, which is oh, nothing more than abundance. You see how chazal, how our sages, because of the mitzvah, sisas, a yashim, as we know, we're so sensitive to people and their privacy and their rights. You develop an enormous sense of kavod adam. How can you not? How can you not have a sense of Yasha of the time? Or how to be a, a moral person? Just read Bobasu. You think you have to read Sikhus Musa? No, read a Mikhasabayas and a Mikhas. That's what you have to read. Rebchaim was right. The best Musa is Bobasu. If you read Boabasha, if you're always looking for the, oh, what did the guy not say in Boabasha? You're never going to learn Boabasha. But if you want to know, if you're reading Ravashi said in Boabasha, you want to know what's Rashbam, you're reading Yoyda, if you're reading Boabasha, you will know Boabasha.
then you'll know what Ratzon Hashem is. You're not independent thinkers, disciplined thinkers. People with real values and sensitivities, your Ramban writes that the only way to know God's morals is by distilling his laws. Give me one example, guys, you're young. Ramban says that if you would really be sensitive to the values of Tyrus, you would understand that personal hygiene is a key mitzvah of Kedoshim to you. Brushing your teeth. Now, it doesn't mean, oh, he needs to brush my teeth. That would be terrible. No. I mean, God expects you to be a very sensitive, normal person. Part of being normal is called Kedoshim to you. Are you sensitive to cleanliness? God is. Read Tyrus. I know that the mikvahs are the chuluiyah, but the Ramat says the end of the day it also includes good old fashioned cleanliness. Literally. Talking softly. Did you ever go to a New York restaurant? You see how people put their faces in, they sit in the restaurants or they close each other at the tables? Until they give you your stuff. I hate to say it, you have good ears, you hear a lot of things, you see a lot of things. Do you ever see people eating at a restaurant and their faces like stuck in the plate? They're like, the soy with the soy bread is so, ugh. it's so gosh, it's so crash. You know what? I want to tell you something. When I was a young doctor of Rabbi Yeshiva, I am a bit of a litvak, and I don't usually go to Rabbi Shishish's. But there was one rabbi I used to go to see for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, every Friday night. One person. His name was Aaron Rutter. He was the more rebbe of the Shemr Amunim community. Why did I go? I used to love to see the way he eats. The man never, but never put his head down to the plate, always picked things up in a 90 degree angle and brought it to him. Never! And I wanted to see that. But I wanted to see how a man, he rules himself. Never eat soup. You know, he didn't get the traditional noodles. No way. Nothing. It was always like this. I loved it. That, that that was more. I didn't care about the other stuff. The songs that didn't talk to me. You know, his favorites were nice. I love him. Oh, but how he ate soup! I'm sure that's how the girl did it. <laughs> you know, you see that we only do more. Do more. Do more. Do more. Abides, abides. That's all I have to say. I was in a um, in Lawrence this Saturday night, and I had uh, somehow people came and they wanted to get together. A lot of these people that had yeshiva backgrounds or Hasidic backgrounds were just disenchanted, etc. And it says, well, how do we find our way to Yiddishkeit? And you want to hear what I said? And then for three hours I explained why. And I hope it works because we're going to have an ongoing relationship. And I really believe in this. I believe it. It works. It works. I've seen it. Held it. Smelt it. Touched it. It works. Vini, vidi, vici. It's simple. You wouldn't know what that means, you're old. Forget it. Past your time. <laughs> Been there. Seen it. It's mine. We'll leave it at that. Yes. Just a little. I'm not joking.
learn, learn, learn. Advised by, Rabbi was a good man. He was an honorable man. And he said that that's what you need before you start engaging in the double goggle of philosophy and metaphysics. Get a straight head. Get a controlled heart. Advised by the Rabbi. It's yours, Rabbi Terry. I'm a terrible big fan. Can you give me a check? What? That old? You're that old? No. Lama says, no, don't suck a real muscle, but you just don't have to Why learn your more? What is the Ratsan Hashem? So you sit on your chair, and put chair, and get a bottle of water, and say, okay, I think I'm going to try food. What's this in my marriage? And I think that close to him, no, and this is where he wants my marriage. Or, you can sit there and spend five years learning how to make a marriage. What do we call that in the Sefna? Five years learning how to, this is some more marriage, what do we call that? Five years learning about surrogate marriage, what do we call that? Surrogate, someone steps into the marriage? You mamas. Five years about violating marriage, what do we call that? Sota. Five years about the contracts of the marriage, what do we call that? Ksubas. There are roughly 100 million details with a level of acuity and precision that Rabbi spoke about. Okay, now she's going to solve marriages. Not some general, vague, speculative conversation. What? That's how other religions do it. You know, it's called, it's called postulation, and speculation, and conversation, and maybe it. Maybe it's just not to sit there and. Now, not everything's that easy. Let's say you want to ask them well, about architecture. Oh, it's difficult. Then what nice meat sayer or architecture? What's a wall? What's a space? What's a roof? What's an area? What's a closed area? There is no neatly wrapped up package with a big red ribbon on it called Hashem View Space. Gotta work a little harder. Which perceptions do you want to start scraping information from to understand Hashem's view of space? Well, it's your hotel. Which perceptions? A little sicko, a little. Shabbos. What else about virtual spaces on Shabbos that are going out in stuff that you just make? Everything. What else? Come on, a little harder now. What else is about spaces and buildings and structures? Oh, is there an oil somewhere? Do I hear a. Kill item? That's a little hard. Or at least you have a roadmap. Could you imagine knowing shots that way? That's not the time I knew shots. I knew one person that learned shots that way. I remember you learned shots that way. You learned a subject, you learned the topic. The only way I can describe it is I'm going up in the helicopter seeing all the shots like a big jigsaw puzzle. All Chazal, you describe it. Oh, here's an interesting idea. 
It's impossible. So it's a super odd. We all learn responding to a sugya. Through the Gemara, through the Tosu, the Rashi, the Rashi, the
where we have risk. Sometimes it's not a word here to live We're thinking that way. And this world never crumbled. The world around may be crumbled. This world was its own autonomous world. And don't get me wrong, you have to be part of the world, as Bible said before. But you have to be both. Follow? You have to have an internal world that's inalienable, impenetrable, timeless, which is infected, invulnerable, is impenetrable. And maybe you don't know if this is really hard time. You're going to make a problem. And they're only two times. just didn't know what to feel. It's very torment. Because how could you not cry and how could you not suffer and how could you sleep comfortably when people would this world that I cannot be part of it. The dichotomy. Don't fear dichotomy. Don't fear conflict. That just means you're trying to do more than you can, and that's a good thing. If you push yourself beyond your limits, you get on that conflict. You're going to feel that conflict. If you think, don't resolve it. Let it drive you. Search. Search for your formula put together. That's why I love tomorrow. Good point. Good point. You can eat better with age. I wanted to ask you. I wanted to shut it off. What?